Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool center. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. I thought we, I thought actually we started the game reasonably well and um, got the, got the ball inside our front half. But we just we got showing up defensively and um, their speed of ball movement uh, really cut through us early, which um, yeah put us on the back foot. But coughed up field position and then uh, oh, I just thought we didn't have the players that handled the basics in the contest um, and execution under pressure. Uh, you know, it was a it was a big occasion in terms of you know ninety thousand uh, crowd against us, and I didn't I th- I thought they had a lot more players who handled that situation over over us. So a lot went wrong, but I think if you looked at it, they just handled the basics of the game a lot better than we did. Season over for Fremantle. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, season over for West Coast. Some people I bumped in today said it's season over for them as far as supporting AFL. Not for us because we're into two exciting weeks uh, coming up. Really looking forward to it. And, of course, the grand final not far away. Who will play there? And it is preliminary final weekend this weekend. A man that's been right across it on the weekend has been Kim Hagdorn. He joins us with his regular Monday segment here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre. Haggers, how are you? Hello, Peter. Uh, I think uh, Justin Longmuir has probably given us a bit of an insight into what we would like to discuss there and perhaps go a bit deeper into mm. how Fremantle uh, did bow out. Uh, I've got a few you know, stats and bits and pieces that we'll discuss, but uh, I think in essence, I think uh, yeah, they were exposed, Fremantle, weren't they? I mean, I think it really showed. And, and I think deep down and inside the four walls at Coburn, the Fremantle hierarchy, those that you could trust with their assessment and their honesty, have been aware that for most of the season, Freeman are probably a little bit ahead of themselves to actually a couple of wins that they had that wasn't anticipated, you know, that they could have missed outside the, the top four. But there was talk that they can make the top four. If they make the top four, it's a genuine premiership chance. And, and then at the weekend, to w- have that chance to finish in the top four with that shot at uh, Sydney for this week, I think if you... Deep down, honestly, look at Fremantle. They've probably achieved pretty much about what you would have expected at the best going through the summer. Once you fought, saw their draw and saw how they were training, you thought, well, Fremantle are going to be up and about, up and about at their bye. Uh, the longer the season's gone, I think we've sort of seen at times they still lack some pretty important key components, and that was shown up again. I th- well, finally, I think, mm. by Collingwood particularly the first half. As Justin Longmuir has said post-match there, you know, they, they did have some some chances early. They had 14 inside 50s inside in that first quarter, and yet they only scored the one behind. Uh, and I thought that that probably showed the strength of Collingwood's defence. I think for the entire match, Collingwood were very strong and solid and confident in front of Fremantle's ball movement that their defence and their defensive game would stand up. And around the – when you look at some of the, the, the contested ball and some of the clearances, it was pretty even, really, overall. 
Um, but when Collingwood broke, their key components were their big power midfielders. You know, Dugowie best on ground, if not crisp. Penelbury playing as a midfielder the whole match around the congestion, calling traffic, setting plays, and side bottom also setting a standard. There's their four big bodied experienced midfielders. Fremantle have got to make a priority to get one of them somehow, mm. sometime soon. I think they lack the big bodies. Monday was found out. I think we saw why he's retiring. The bigger the game uh, and the bigger the pressure, I think David Mundy hasn't been as influential. And the boys like Sarong and Brayshaw, they're just not the big bodies. They're smaller players. Even a better player for Fremantle, I think, on Saturday, a bigger man, experienced man in opposition to Sidebottom and Pendlebury and so on was, was Blake Akers. And they're losing him. So Fremantle now, I think, have to reassess. I was surprised to see the chairman come out and say we can uh, that, win the premiership that, next year. Okay, that's the next two topics we need to discuss. Yeah. We've, we've surmised the game, and I think we'll leave the game where it is. They, they got beaten. But just on that, I think for him to even hint that. And let's just say for those people. Given, but that's those totally pe- forgetting and, and ignoring yeah, but the amount also, of personnel they're about to lose. But let's just state for those people that may not be across it, he's declared Dale Alcock, the president of the Fremantle Football Club, that they can win the premiership next year. You may not have been across it. If you have been across it, fair enough, we're going to discuss it. But I'd like to get some feedback from the Fremantle folk, just like Flagmantle, you know, this year. You know, I always felt uncomfortable about every time they had a good win, the old Mm. Flagmantle thing came out. Forget about that gimmicky stuff. And I thought Dale Alcock really... He didn't need to say what he had said 24 hours after them being eliminated from the AFL season for 2022. And the big question for me, and this is now becoming a developing story, they're they're working this week, all the players, and then they go on holidays. So this week we will know who's required and who's not required. And there could be quite a few at the exit gates here for Fremantle, which is quite amazing considering there's a real upside here for the club going forward after what they did this season. It's a departure lounge, isn't it? Yeah. Rory Lobb, gone, going to the Bulldogs, has told Fremantle, I want to be traded. Blake Akers, gone, will be going to Carlton. Griffin Logue, pretty much certainly gone to North Melbourne. Lloyd Meek wants to get out to play more regularly, understandably, West Coast and GWS. Uh, Sam Sturt, Nathan Wilson, uh, Connor Blakely, Joel Hamling, even though he's got a year to go on a contract next year, likely to be gone. Darcy Tucker, a year on a contract with Fremantle next year, likely and most likely to be gone. Uh, All of these boys are on the move. And Fremantle, we've said it for months, are hell-bent on getting in Luke Jackson. They need a heck of a lot more than just Luke Jackson in there. What will this will mean with, with so many players on the move, Peter, and I think it has created some disharmony behind the scenes at Fremantle. And certainly for the recent weeks, for the run home, once they were going to play finals and then potentially even finish in the top four, everybody put it behind them to settle down. Let's just get this. When David Mundy didn't want to retire, he was forced out. It's caused a lot of disharmony amongst the playing group and especially from the way it's been handled and managed from the, from the football uh, boss, the director of football, the boss of football, Peter Bell. There's a lot of disharmony and a lot of players are wanting to move out from Fremantle, but some of them have to be moved. And this is what's been going on. The offers that have been given toward or offered to the likes of uh, Griffin Logue and Blake Akers in particular are offers that you have to refuse because their manager's gone and got much better offers on the table from clubs in the eastern states. And they're, they're, they're heavily sought after, some of these boys. Not because, 
not necessarily because Fremantle have had a, a good season, an acceptably a good season. You do still declare their season a success because I think from where they've come from to where they're at now, and they were threatening to get into a preliminary final. But there's there's, there's a lot of backlash to the loss of these players. And and let's go through them again. Lob, Acres, Logue. Lob gone. Acres gone. Logue probably gone. Meek probably gone. And then there's others on the market as well. I even saw Sam Sturt playing in the waffle yesterday, Peter. Mm. And he was very successful with Peel, but he's out of contract. And... He'd be a handy draft pick that Fremantle have got to get to be able to get Luke Jackson. Okay, in. so who is the biggest loss here? Of course, Darcy Tucker's been linked. You know, Lloyd Meek, as you mentioned, Liam Henry, uh, part of the Exodus, reportedly. We know Lobb's going to the Bulldogs, Acres, possibly Carlton and Logue to North Melbourne. But out of all those, who can they dispense with and feel comfortable with? Out of all those, who do you think they can ill afford to lose because it really questions their depth? Going forward. Now, Blake Akers has come in and filled a role as a wingman this year and done a pretty good job. Yeah. For the most part. Now, but I think they've also got to get the boys that they've drafted in the last year or two. So Erasmus has to play. I think Johnson has to play. You've got to get them in. The other yeah. one is, is Jai Amos. I, I think I think uh, Fremantle people, he showed enough, particularly more so. He, he was handy against the Bulldogs. Kicked a couple of goals. Looked brave. Looked athletic. Looked clean. Looked as though he actually knew how to play as a forward. But even more so, against that tight Collingwood defence, the tight Collingwood defensive game, 90,000 in a cauldron. I thought Jai Amos showed enough to think for me to think, this kid has to play every game next mm, year. So mm. Rory Lobb's not such a big loss, no. in my opinion. Because Rory Lobb, Rory Lobb struggles in the pressure of the moment. Even Saturday, you know, the, the couple of involvements that he had. I, I thought Lobb was poor for Fremantle on and Saturday. And he's been more poor than good this season, Hanks, he, to he's be had, fair. had 12 disposals for the match, eight contested, four marks, three three contested marks. But I mean, the bulk of those possessions came in one quarter. He disappears. And then he had the, the first shot for Fremantle at the nine-minute mark of the first quarter and missed a set shot that I thought he probably should have got. His next shot at goal was the 29-minute mark of the last quarter. Nah. So uh, I, I don't think they lose a lot by losing Lobb mm, to play Amos all next season. I'd give him two tickets to make sure he doesn't lose one, the old Jake. Because <laughs> I've, I've, he's been one of the most frustrating footballers to broadcast this year. Let's just check some. Uh, if you want to join us, I've opened it now. The temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736. Or you can call us now. The lines are open. The Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. No name on this. But uh, we're talking about the Dockers maybe getting ahead of themselves with Flag Mandel. And of course, Dale Alcock saying what he said uh, just 24 hours after them being eliminated. How about when the Dockers said, yeah, we'll stay away for the 17 days. Our families can come over too. It'll be fine. But they forgot about winning the first game. So there you go. Uh, Hi, Haggers. Has there been any more news on Willie Rioli? And has there been any delisted at West Coast? That's John of High Wycombe. No, look, we haven't heard anything, have we? Well, the thing is that uh, with West Coast, what we have heard is that there's in, no intention to delist anybody until after the trade period. Now, players are being told that mm-hmm. in their exit meetings, exit meetings with the, the senior squad over the last week or two. And then uh, this today, I think, they're talking to the Waffle boys, the boys that uh, finished up in the Waffle season uh, last week. So they're going through all of those. But my understanding is that they're telling uh, West Coast players that no one delisted until after the trade period. Now, West Coast can't afford to be delisting too many because they haven't delisted many in terms of their experienced players. They're locked into going with just probably six or seven draft picks 
And therefore, a lot of the boys that we think probably should be on, on the move, and we went through some of them last week, Peter, some of those that we think should be on the move look a lot more likely to stay. Mm. Sam Sturt, uh, according to Ray here, says um, uh, signed a contract extension. Is that correct, uh, yeah, Sam yeah, Sturt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he has to go. He's yeah. not getting a game. They, they, they've clearly made it in t- an intention to play Frederick, to play Schultz is locked in. Mm-hmm. They want Switkowski. Walters is playing next year. Sam, Sam Sturt would be a fool to stay. So I'm saying, also, regardless Fremantle of it- need the currency. He's more currency as a contracted player mm-hmm. than an uncontracted player. They need the currency if they're going to go to Port or Adelaide to say, we, we need your draft picks. And even though you've signed a contract extension, there's no guarantee that the club won't uh, onflowed you, uh, Ray. So, and by the way, Tripe's not bad. I was a butcher's son. Tripe is pretty good to actually and, eat. And also, so, so too is, is Hamling contracted for next year. Other players that are in contract, Darcy, uh, Darcy Tucker's contracted for next year. Mm. They are players that they can move. Hamling won't go anywhere. No. I'd be surprised if he even plays next year. They might have to extend him out, pay him over a couple of years, so you reduce the money, but he stays on stays on their list. They've got enormous list management problems, Fremantle, because there's a lot of players who want better chances, and Fremantle are going to have to be obliged to bring through some of the kids they've, they've drafted in recent seasons. And we've touched on them. Erasmus and Johnson, for instance, early draft picks. Amos, for early draft pick. They've got to be playing. So they've got to create room for these boys to move and also get the draft picks. And the, the contract offers that they off, sort of put before Akers and Logue are way short of what they're getting off so, anywhere else. So they, they have to move. So when's Luke Jackson going to come out supposedly and say, I want to be traded to Fremantle? What are, we, what are we waiting for here? You would think within the next few days. I'm just saying, what are we waiting for? Their season is oh, finished. Uh, yeah, finished. didn't finish till Friday. Yeah. They've had the weekend. He'd have an expert meeting with, with, uh, with Melbourne today. So I you, think Melbourne know. So you're forecasting it. It should happen sometime this sometime week. Sometime this week. And, Certainly, we, will, and I, we will know this week as early as – so has Rory Lobb already told the Dockers I want to be traded? Rory Lobb has reminded Fremantle. He asked – officially asked to be traded last year. He's officially asked to be traded again this year, two months ago. Yeah, get rid of him. I, I, I think he's certainly one they can dispense with. Uh, 13 past five, uh, come and join us on the Temper of Bedshed. Text line 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line. 13 12 55, that is the number. We're going to take our break and uh, we'll come back with all your interaction here on this Monday night as we wrap up and look ahead to preliminary final weekend here on SENWA. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Oh, Jim, we've got a good team here. You know, Lee's panelling beautifully. Jimmy's there answering the phones, covering all the texts as they come and in. You're storing up all the audience. Ah, uh, mate, we've got a very, very good support team here. <laughs> you and me are the front men, but they're the most important men behind <laughs> yeah, that glass absolutely. there. All right, Kim, now we didn't ask an answer. John of High Wickham's request regarding any more news on Willie Rioli. I think we're all resigned to the fact that he's going. Yeah, he, he's going. And what, what I can say uh, re- relating to that is that there's no new news over the course of the weekend that I've picked up. But what we what we do know is that West Coast no, have known, I, I reckon for uh, several weeks, at least a month, that Willie Rioli was, will ask to be traded mm-hmm. to the Eastern States. And it, it certainly looks as though Port Adelaide are in the running there. And... That will uh, that will help a lot of ways. The, that that Willie will go for 
you know, pick so in the portal, get a pick probably somewhere in the 20s as a compensation for mm-hmm. the loss of uh, Carl Amon, and West Coast will get that. So West yeah. Coast would then have picks 2, 20, 26 they've already got from Port last year. So if they got a, another pick in the 20s somewhere there from Port, they've got 2, 20, mid-20s, 26, 38. There's their five draftees inside the top 40 at this year's draft. And as we've said repeatedly, Peter, if they don't get five and four of them are starting in their 22 for round one next year, they haven't recruited well enough because they've got to move on some of these old blokes. And what we started to say about West Coast is that Adam Simpson has told players in their departure meetings that he wants them to come back fit. He's left it to the players to look after their fitness program and to be fit and engaged in exercise and fitness at an elite level over their holidays. Okay. Uh, before we go to our third member of our team here on a Monday night, Paul says, uh, Fremantle need a big body midfielder. How's this for a three-way deal? Sam Pal Pepper from Port to Frio, Lloyd Meek from Fremantle to West Coast, and Junior Rioli from West Coast to Port. There's Paul's three-way deal. Hello, Lise. How are you? Hi, Peter. Hi, Kim. Yeah, good, thanks. Um, well, Rioli can go to Port Adelaide. Um you know, so and and I think um, Meeks Eagles have to pick pick up Meek because they need yeah. another ruckman. I don't think Nick Nick Natanui is going to be playing too much in the next couple of years. I, I still can't believe he got two years. But anyway, getting back to what I was going to talk about, um, Dale Orcock's statement, um, pretty um, premature. Um, that's exactly what um, Garlic did um, not so long ago. He reckons that they were going to get um, two, um, two grand finals, one from the women and one from the um, men's. So I think if they're going to talk about um, winning flags and things, talk, talk within inside the club, not outside the club. So, and um, Saturday's game, Collingwood, well, like um, their coach, he has got them believing in themselves and... It's just a self-belief amongst the whole lot of them, and the trust within the players. You know that they can get they can get the ball. You know, to, to doesn't matter. You know which player, and that player will deliver. And um, I know I keep banging on about Nick Dacos, but wow, this guy um, is just absolutely amazing. He you know he he was he got the most touches out of out of the um, Magpies, and I really think that they could go on and win the flag. Um, I'm probably being a bit premature myself, but anyway. And also, too, just quickly before I leave you, um, I heard this morning that there's about eight players within um, Dockers and Eagles that definitely want to leave, and most of those are from the Dockers. Mm. Okay, good on your lease. Thanks for that. Yeah, there's going to be... And I think you did it uh, before the show, Hags. You actually mm. went through the list. Even those players that are playing, like Blakely and others that are playing... At Peel, it could be up to a dozen shredded off their but, list. See, I, I'm not. I, again, I don't see how Fremantle can do that um, because they're going to have to get picks for these guys to bring in Jackson. Mm. I, I don't think they can delist willy nilly eight or ten players, particularly on the back of the season that they've had. Yeah. But we do know Lob goes, Acres goes, Logue goes, probably Meek looking around. He, he'll get somewhere, I reckon. Lloyd Meek, West yeah. Coast are very I like keen, him. but yeah. GWS. Uh, I thought he was near best on ground in the waffle again yesterday. He has been for several weeks in a row. So he's he's cleverly playing for uh, some kind of attention, potential to get picked up elsewhere. He's only footy available among them. He's, uh, he's in the waffle. Liam Henry on the market again. He was poor for Peel yesterday, I thought. Sam Sturt, we've mentioned. 
whether he's contracted or not, these boys are all looking to get better chances and better deals elsewhere. Uh, and I think also Wilson, Blakely, Hamling probably finish at Peel, at West Coast as well. They're okay. going to keep playing for Peel. But they, they can't just get rid of everyone willy-nilly because they haven't got the draft picks to bring them back in. What picks they're going to get for these guys? They need to work a deal to bring in Luke Jackson. All right, let me throw you something as a, a real curved ball here. And by the way, Paul says, I think Luke Jackson is waiting for the Melbourne Fairest and Best presentation night. Then he'll come out and let everyone know the next day, just like Lockie Neal nailed it. Okay, let me ask you this. If he decides to stay at Melbourne, Mm. hypothetically, Luke Jackson, wait it all up, and as you've pointed out about a week or so ago, I'll sign two years, and then that might be the time that Sean Mm. Darcy becomes a free agent at Fremantle. It might be the time to go home, because he's still very young. He's only a 20-year-old. Where does that place Frio then? Um, the, the Luke Jackson deal is done. It's Peter. done. Fremantle, no, nah, let me explain. Luke Jackson and Fremantle have agreed on the deal. Fremantle's problem now is to get the deal that Melbourne will accept. And as we've said numerous times, West Coast can offer Melbourne more. But Luke Jackson, I, I think I can. Last Thursday, I was told it is done. Okay. That's why Fremantle have to continue to move on moving players so they can give Melbourne what they will want for Luke Jackson. Just on your hypothetical. Well, if, if something if he, happens, if something changes all of a sudden. Lob's gone. Akers is gone. Logue, a much better deal. 50-50? No, he's, more than, no he's, he's pretty much gone to North. Okay. He's going to North because of the deal that North mm-hmm. have put in front of mm-hmm. him compared to what Fremantle have. Fremantle will have to come back. I would say Fremantle will be in panic mode if they didn't get Luke Jackson. This is a hypothetical, Peter. If they didn't get Luke, Luke Jackson, they'd be in panic mode because they'd have to keep one or two of these players that all for, for months now we've been expecting to just say when trade time comes or when after fairest and best, I want to be traded to such and such. And the player would come to him and say, uh, and they come back with a better offer. Well, I wasn't good for good enough for you a week ago, all of a Absolutely. sudden I am good enough for oh, but you. That's, I think that's how it works. And certainly the, and the managers and, and agents would work it and say, okay, you didn't want him two weeks ago for this much. You're now offering that much. We want even more. Interesting. Hold them to ransom. Okay. Uh, just regarding Frio, uh, if they had more consistent quarters of football, current players and potential incoming players would want to stay or want to come over to WA. Their good and bad is far too separate on the spectrum of acceptable levels for a top eight side. I think they are an extremely fit side, and that's the only reason they ended up in the finals. But don't get me wrong, I still love them. Uh, I, I think they've... There the, you go. I th- is there a name on that one? No, there is, unfortunately. Look, the, way they, the, the way they've played their best footy this year, particularly here at the stadium, and then when they beat Melbourne at the MCG and when they beat Geelong down at Geelong... Against expectations, I don't think any of us thought in round 11 that they would beat uh, Melbourne when Melbourne had won 10 straight, but they turned on their best footy on those occasions. And it was about fast, but it was about ball retention. It was about their defenders getting hold of it, sharing it, kick passing. They had a good efficiency on those games, about 80% a game. And they were finishing with field goals. They were scoring better than they had in previous seasons. One thing that I think that they will have to review very heavily, and I thought about it on the weekend, I quickly looked at some stats, is their starts. Mm-hmm. Now, Fremantle lost 12 first terms in 2022. They lost 10 first terms in their last 13 games. 
Now, I know they went, they turned it around and went on to win some uh, quite a few of those games and some of those, but Geelong won 16 first terms this year as the trendsetter of the competition. I would say that would be one area that Fremantle would have to, and even, again, Justin Longmuir, post-match, you just played the grab there again about, you know, we didn't start well again, he used the word. Uh, it just, I think they're perhaps already identifying the need to be a faster starting team, but to do that, you've got to win the football, retain it, and then also score. Yeah, okay. And, and I think score. Fremantle have got to try and get a gun key forward or small key forward and, and keep a Sam Sturt and play him or bring someone in. Now, I do understand. I do understand that Fremantle are considering Oliver Henry from oh, Collingwood. The fellow who came off uh, the bench as a medical son yeah. here at Optus and kicked four goals in, what, against that, Fremantle. What round was that? Was that round 10, I think it might have been? When it, was in, it was in the wet too yeah, when yeah, Fremantle yeah. beat and, Collingwood. And, say, uh, Collingwood on, beat Fremantle. Collingwood beat Fremantle here. In uh, yeah, round ten, one by six mm. goals, yeah. and and Ollie Henry. So I do understand that Fremantle are considering, and in, perhaps in some negotiations, to try and uh, lure Ollie Henry away from Collingwood. He's twenty; he's only played the twenty-five games. He's out of contract at the end of this season, as I understand it. The other one that I think Fremantle are looking at, and again, he could help this fella, Jeremy Sharp, from Gold Coast, 21, 24 games. Uh, he could well be a Blake Akers replacement on the outside with a bit of pace. He's a good young player, good little player. And as long as Freeman have got the inside players, I mean, Erasmus and Johnson, perhaps a bigger... What happened to the Himmelberg... Uh... Remember the fellow from Adelaide that yeah. was tossed up? All of a sudden, that went pretty quiet pretty quickly after it was sounded out. Uh, here's uh, evening, Pete and Haggers. When does trade week start? That's Tristan from Clam. I think it's October the 3rd. Hags, Mon- two weeks today, I think it yeah. is, and then it goes to, to the following Wednesday okay. week. And he also goes on to say, I believe West Coast should split their second pick as there doesn't seem to be too much top-end talent in the draft. What are your thoughts? That's Tristan from Claremont. Top-end talent in the draft? I'm, I'm not for, sure. From West Coast? For West Coast? In the draft, generally. Oh, look, I th- no, I think there is. The, the feeling is that there is uh, particularly... You know, in Victoria, there's, there's, uh, and again, I think, I, I think what West Coast needs are the likes. I, I think they need a key forward. I don't think Oscar Allen is going to be the answer there. So, you know, Harry Lemmy, who's only 18, plays in West Adelaide, he's playing seniors. He's a 203 centimetre key forward. They reckon he's like Nick Rewalt. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's a, can, the can big set, call. Set, set pressure on people. Yeah. Uh, Elijah Satsis. From uh, Oakley uh, Chargers. Uh, uh, can you Matthias pronounce that Philippi. again? How do you spell his surname? T-S-A-T-A-S. Satsis. 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 So yeah, nice Greek boy. Clearly, I was going to say a Greek boy. <laughs> he's already, uh, Satsis, already on your... you've got to, you got to use your fingers when you say it, Hanks. Will Elliott, from, uh, who's 19, from Sandringham. Another tall forward, a tall key forward, 197 centimetres, agile, mobile, athletic, uh, strong runner, real strong runner. But he's had a bit of an knee injury this year. And the one that I think West Coast should really look at when, with their early picks... He has had some injury problems, this boy, George Wardlaw, who has talked about he's very Clayton Oliver-like with the way he plays his under-18s football in Victoria. Harry uh, Harry Sheasel from Sandringham, a Zach Bailey type, small forward, mm. nuggety forward, can go to the wing, can go to the midfield. There's plenty there. And this is before we even talked to Elijah Hewitt from from Swan District. Surely he finishes up. The kid's been playing league football yeah. for and all of the season. Yeah. All right. So, we're going to take a break, Hags. There's a question here about Peter Sumich. We'll come back to that and also a few more again regarding Fremantle. Come and join us on the Tempera Bedshed text line. It's easy. Just text us the information and what was we'll that acknowledge kid's name it. again? 
Tatsis. 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 But they'll call him Tatsis. <laughs> um, let's go to the Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736. Or you can give us a call at least it early on the Scarborough Toyota open line if you want to give us a buzz. 13 12 55. Jimmy will answer your call and Lee will put you through. It's 29 to 6 here on Drive with Peter Vlaus and Kim Agdon for Toolmart, the complete tool centre. Drive with Peter Vlaus. This is the text of the night. Listen, fellas. Fremantle could win the flag, have the Brownlow medalist, the Coleman medalist, the Rising Star winner, and go through undefeated in a season, and you two would still bag them. We're not bagging them, honestly. I think that that would probably be a Fremantle supporter from way back <laughs> and probably the sort of supporter that stood and applauded Fremantle's 10-goal loss in their first ever final in 2003 because there is if, if you're expecting us to laud the season like that, instead of analysing where they can get better, then you are accepting mediocrity. Okay, Haggis. Good evening, Jans. With nine players under 22 playing both finals, natural progression will see Fremantle improve next year. Really did like uh, the look of the boys playing uh, men on the weekend. That's Simon of Claremont. And finally, uh, just to let you know, oh, yeah, that's a technical thing that the the boys are sorting out. Um, Okay. One thing about Fremantle's season... And I suppose their finals, it, it is the emergence of youth, both as players and as leaders, which will turn into other issues over the summer where we have to then discuss where Nathan Fife is at. He, he has an enormous, an enormous race on for himself to rebuild himself to the extent, and he's now got it. He didn't play a final only played the seven games in the season. 14 games two years ago, 15 games last year, just seven this season. 36 games from Nathan Fife out of a possible 68 over the last three seasons. But the emergence of the likes of Andrew Brayshaw, Caleb Sarong, Alex Pierce mm-hmm. as, a, as stand-in captain, literally. Luke Ryan, Sean Darcy, who I think are leaders amongst that bunch of youngsters. But then also the youth that have shown such promise and excitement at times, Hayden Young. It's going to be an outstanding plays and all Australian in the making. Heath Chapman had some anxious moments in the finals, but he'll learn from it. Nathan O'Driscoll, way short. I mean, he's just played the, the 20 games. Uh, Michael Frederick, Jordan, Jordan Clark. He's only a 21-year-old. Yeah. He turns 22 later this year. He's had the, some good games and, this season. And, and if I can repeat again, Jai Amos he's played just the three games. The kid's only 19. Of course, there's potential there, but... Don't just expect that it's going to happen. Don't just accept that they have to add Fremantle to what they've already got. They certainly have to change their game at times to be able to beat opposition sides' pressure. And they certainly have to be able to sustain in a better draw, in a harder draw that they'll have next year, not from where they've come from. But also the claim from Carlton, the claim from Essendon, the claim from Port Adelaide. Those sides aren't going to give up spots in the top eight next year too readily. And who in this year's top eight? you expect to make way? Mm. Okay. We'll leave that as we go to the break. And let's focus on Collingwood. Let's focus on Brisbane. And let's focus on the four teams that remain. Craig McRae, first-year coach at the Collingwood Football Club, has taken them from 17th to the last four and into a preliminary final. And now he's come out and declared, we're here to win it. We're here to win it. We are. Like, one more game and you're in a grand final. We're here to win this thing. And... uh yeah, we're going to work our butts off to get better every day to give ourselves every chance. We'll set ourselves up and we know what's coming up in Sydney. But we'll, the Drive uh, we'll Show with shot. Peter Vlahos. 
Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Uh, I tell you what, they're passionate, the Fremantle Dockers fans, and we love them, uh, of course, to be uh, involved with our program. We'll come to a couple of texts in the moment. Uh, what do you think about this, Haggers, regarding Brisbane? Oh, it's nothing purposeful, you know, like it's just a little scuffle in the centre of the MCD, so you know how it is. Um, it's just part of the contest and part of the mental, mental battle. So that's uh, Jared Berry. No, it's not. Uh, he goes to the tribunal tomorrow. Poking blokes in the eye is not part of the contest. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an eye-gouging charge. Uh, on Clayton Oliver, and geez, didn't Jared Berry do a wonderful job after half time? Yeah, I mean, he was 22, the, he was the player. He, he was he helped turn it. I, I thought yeah. Lockie Neal was continuing to have a good final series as well. But eye gouging, so he goes to tribunal. So it's intentional action, high contact, low impact, mm-hmm. unreasonable, unnecessary contact to the eye. Really, that he's just saying it's just part of the contest. Mm-hmm. The potential to cause injury has to be taken into account here. And I think he's lucky to just get one game. It's a one-game suspension now. They're taking that to the tribunal. They want to get it downgraded. How can you get intentional? It's clearly intentional. You're eye-gouging the bloke. It's a wrestle on the ground. So it's not as if it's in play. And low impact, that's probably because he didn't actually poke him in the eye. But the potential to cause injury must be must be considered here. And I'd be surprised if Jared Berry gets off, no matter how important he is to Melbourne, because uh, to Brisbane. Because, uh, you know, he, he will be important if he was able to play because of the dominance that uh, Geelong can create around the ball. He'd be critical, but yeah. he can't he can't play after eye-gouging like that. No, nah, he was very good in the second half. It's a pity that uh, the Lions are likely to lose him for what was a big game against Geelong. Speaking about the Cats, Jeremy Cameron, uh, he looks like being right for the preliminary final. Uh, light duties at training today following missing a session on Friday. Reportedly missed the session on Friday due to a stomach virus. So uh, it is in cotton wool for Jeremy Cameron, but it looks like he will get up. And the Cats, of course, priming themselves up uh, for a big uh, slant this week against Brisbane to get into the GF. And I think Geelong should do that. However, I thought Melbourne would beat Brisbane quite comfortably last Friday evening, Peter. And I, th- I think the bloke, some bloke around here tipped Brisbane. Yes, he did. I think you must be the only person uh, in the country. And the fellow who tipped the guy in Brisbane, I think, gave the other fellow a call about it. Uh, let me talk. I, one that, thing I do want to say, yeah, uh, and we'll come back to it, I reckon, on Thursday. Sydney loom as the most capable side of knocking off Geelong. I agree. However, if Collingwood happened to get there with their fast play, so the winner of Sydney Collingwood, I think could well take it to Geelong on grand final day, especially if it's fine and fast. Because mm. Collingwood are playing on the similar sorts of Fremantle type of youthful exuberance. Uh, when their game works, it works well and it threatens opponents. But I think that the Collingwood game have a have a ferocious uh, tackling and, and pressure game as well. They cause a lot of grief to players with the ball and players down the field. They stay tight. They zone up. So as the ball's coming in, there's always a contest. But I think Sydney looms as the team that could really take Geelong on grand final day. Let me throw you this about Melbourne. And you made a very good stat, actually, and I used it on the weekend. Uh, we had the Stephen May and Jack Melksham dust up at the restaurant. And... And it seems that they got together and their focus collectively came out and says, we're looking at getting the AFL flag this season. But I tell you what, straight sets exit by the Demons. And the coaches admitted there were vulnerabilities. So their vulnerabilities were exposed. So saying that, their record after being 10 and zip 
fell away dramatically. What they won eight of their next fourteen. No, they've lost eight of their. Sorry, next lost 14. eight of the last so fourteen. They've yeah. lost eight of their last fourteen since they won ten straight, Melbourne. Yeah. And I, I'm convinced there was a bit of an arrogance about them. Certainly, even on on uh, Friday evening, the arrogance to not tag, to to release the tag on Lachlan Neal. Brayshaw off Neil. He's kept Neil to, to seven possessions, nine possessions to mm. half time. And there was just an arrogance in that. Oh, now we'll just go and send him forward and we'll kick goals. They lost eight of their last 14, all to top eight sides. Yeah. Let's go to John at Maylands, who's given us a call on the Scarborough Toyota open line at 13 12 55. Hey, John. Hey, hey Pete. Hey, Haggis. Uh, great show. And thanks very much for putting me on. All good. Uh, just so everyone can hate me immediately, I'm a Collingwood supporter and very happy about the results. Um, look, I've lived here for 46 years and I was here for the start, of course, for the, of the, uh, of the Creo Dockers. And um, I think they've got some absolutely wonderful players. I think uh, Fife being out had, had an effect and, and could have had a bigger effect on Crispin Dugowie, uh, as you've mentioned earlier. But Fremantle... I think have had a culture problem from day one, and I don't know what it is. Um, and Collingwood aren't without theirs either, by the way, but they seem to be able to overcome them. And um, I think all of these problems that they're having start at the top and wander on, uh, wander down to the players. Um, I just think that things like the father and son program at Collingwood is very strong um, and could be stronger at Fremantle now. Um, I'm just not sure that you know, the, the, the board and the club itself are doing enough to support the team mm. uh, when they go out onto the ground. Now, you said earlier, you go, I forget which one said it, that you had hoped for a fight back from Frio, but you were playing the fight back Kings. Yeah. Now, having said all of that, I still don't think the win from Collingwood was strong enough uh, for them to front Sydney at Sydney and get on top of them. I really hope they do. I've been a member since I was eight, and I hope they do, but yeah. I'm sort of not feeling. But I think Fremantle, unfortunately, have a culture problem that, that remains to this day. Good on you, John. Good so, call. Regardless of whether people agree or disagree with you, you, you've given your opinion. That's what it's all about. Mate, I appreciate your call. Thanks, thanks for that. Thanks, John. Uh, just quickly, Hags, we've got a heap to get yeah. through. So, Pete Kim, I think that Peter Sumich and Robert Wiley could be a huge asset to the Eagles in some capacity. Dockers, fans, where are we? Just don't like being told the truth about what's going on within four walls. That mindset, that, that mindset has never changed. Uh, keep up the good work, Haggers. Uh, there you go. Uh, here's an interesting one. Ree Berry, if I had someone pinning me down with their elbow in my neck, I'd be trying everything to get them off. Me. Okay, then go, and do, That's go and do the cage wrestling. Not okay. on an AFL arena. Uh, Brisbane Speed might. Uh, test the cats. I'll teach the cats a few lessons. Uh, Pies should have beaten the cats, and I think they'll beat the Swannies. Yeah. There you go. Uh, there's one text coming Jeez, through. It's open, the speed isn't it? factor. It's open, isn't it? I mean, here we are talking about Sydney Collingwood, and either one could win, and we're saying either one could then go on and perhaps beat uh, Geelong. However, someone's saying, well, Brisbane speed might beat Geelong this week. Mm. How open is that? And Norm of Cal. Good on you, Normie. Where were you? Mr. Hagdorn, do you think that the uh, contact of Oliver's forearm slash elbow to Barry's head was necessary? That's high intentional contact. Then he didn't get sighted, though, did he? No. Because you know why? It was a wrestle, and then Jared Berry turned it into an eye gouge. Do that in cage wrestling. 
Okay. I love it. I love it, Haggers. What's that? That's UFC or something? UFC. That? Yeah. We'll get Brett Benetti on. He's about UFC. <laughs> he uh, good on See you, Lee. Thursday, good See on you, Lee. Jimmy. We'll go through the prelim finals team on Thursday. And who knows? There'll be players delisted asking for trades maybe this week. Lob has asked for a trade. Akers will ask for a trade within days. And Logue looks certain to go to North Melbourne. Okay, we'll discuss all Just that if it falls on Thursday night. Thanks for your time here on Drive with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn on SENWA.